Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 2 Corinthians. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. You remember in 1 Corinthians, he wrote to kind of bring a little bit of, there was some correction, there were some issues that they were having, and so he wrote to them. Now, he was in Ephesus when he wrote that to them. And you remember in Ephesus, he spent a few years there in Ephesus, and in Ephesus, there was a lot, uh, he said in, in the latter part of 1 Corinthians, God had opened an, a, an effectual door for the word of God. So there was great things happening. In Ephesus, it was a radical, radical revival. Really spectacular as, as God's word had first hit that area and just kind of just spread and people were getting saved. I mean, it was like radical was going on. And then you remember the issues that started to happen. You remember the issues with uh, the silversmith he was making these little trinkets and little mini God things around necklaces and stuff. And uh, he, he was real upset because these guys were turning their community upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ, or really, should we say, right side up, really. But all of this to say that as he's writing this to them, he's trying to, he can't get to them. He's in the midst of this crazy stuff going on and he can't get over to see them. They wanted to talk to him. Now you gotta remember, he spent a year and a half with them and that's a long time for Paul. Anytime he spent that kind of time, that, that's a long time for him. You know, a lot of times he'd just pass through, people would get saved, a church would get birthed and he'd roll on. You know, it, it, it wasn't, he wasn't able to always spend a ton of time. Now he would leave people places as best he was able to uh, and he would try and get direct, you know, give them direction and take care of them and do the best he could. Well, I think the Corinthians, being a kind of a, a somewhat immature group, as we read in 1 Corinthians, going through it a little bit, they were a little bit immature. They had issues and things, a lot of things going on, trying to understand some stuff. There were those that were saying, hey, Paul really doesn't love you. He's not coming. He's really, maybe he's not even really an apostle or else maybe he would come to you. A lot of things were being said in the background. Paul catches wind of all this. Therefore, that first letter goes out. Now, remember the, the things of correction that he said. He said some hard things to him, didn't he? You remember going through that kind of, we talked about conflict resolution. There was a lot of issues and, and there was things to work through. And he spoke the truth in love, no doubt about it, as we saw him. But he didn't, he didn't mix his words. You know, we know something about Paul that was awesome is he gets to the point. He says what he needs to say and he moves through it. But he gives them clear explanation and understanding of what some of those issues were. Now, we can't go back and cover any of that because it's just too much to discuss this morning, but I just wanted you to get a little backdrop. He's written this letter. He sent it with Titus. Titus, take this back to them. Now, he's concerned, how did that land? Now, you and I send out, this is me sending an email. Well, it's more like this, me sending an email. That's more the truth. But uh, I can move real fast, though. Um, so we send an email out, we send a text, we make a phone call. I mean, I, I, we can be traveling anywhere in the world. You can get, uh, you know, texting and you can text from anywhere in the world as long as you've got a tower, you know, as long as you've got, and if you've got satellite, you're even better. But you can text from anywhere if you've got that kind of service on your phone. 
And it's fairly instant, isn't it? Now, you've got to adjust for the time frame difference, okay, time zone difference, but it's fairly instant you get a response. That's not like this. This letter's written, and it goes out, and it, he's just concerned. He's, he's fine with the Lord. He knows that he said the right thing, but he's concerned with their response to what he said to them. Anytime you've ever said something difficult to someone, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or you've been sharing your heart with someone that is at a distance and you're hoping they're, they're hearing what you're saying. It's hard, isn't it? You know, like even over the phone, because they can't see your countenance. They, they don't know exactly. And so he's trying to express all these things. And now he's waiting to hear back. This letter in 2 Corinthians, he's heard back from Titus. He's heard back from them. And we'll get into that later. That's not today's study. We'll get into that as we get into the study a little further in 2 Corinthians. But he does hear back from them. And he's pretty excited because their response was healthy. It wasn't negative. Now, there's some that were a little negative, but in general, their response was healthy. And that's good. You know, that's positive. That's encouraging to him. And so now he's writing to them about some of the things. Now, as we'll, and we'll get into this too later, but as you go through this, you find out what happened in Ephesus. He's writing now from Philippi. So he's moved into Macedonia, right? And gone into Philippi. And you remember that, how that kind of transpired. He, you know, the Macedonian call, they, he had this vision and he went on over to, to Philippi, established a work in Philippi. He's writing, you remember the Philippian jailer and all those things, how that church got, church got birth. It was a crazy thing. You know, God just moved in a very unique way. He's writing from there he got ran out basically from Ephesus. Now we'll talk about that again as we get into this a little further, but he got run out of Ephesus. He knows what it's like to deal with hardship. And the reason I'm, I'm and, and he knows what it's like to suffer. And it's really important because as we start reading in, in this first portion, that's what he talks about is the suffering that he had gone through and that it, there was benefit in suffering. We really need to learn from this. In our world today, there's something really to grab a hold of. We're not real in touch with that. Yes, I know some of you may be suffering with some physical ailments. Yes, some of you may be suffering in different various ways, and I know that. We, we go through things, I know. But my goodness, when you read Paul's account of what kind of suffering he went through for the sake of the gospel, of Jesus Christ. Our suffering is very minimal, generally speaking. But you and I, I know we all, because we're all a part of this. We, we live here, okay? And we, we kind of do anything we can to insulate ourselves from suffering because it's painful, because we cry, because it, it just hurts. And it's, it's just a process that we, we, we try and avoid a lot of the time. I loved it. What a great segue from last Sunday with Tyrone here sharing, you know, after the things that had happened to him and the suffering that he, he continues to go through regularly, just physically, you know, what he's gone through and how you'd never know it by talking to him. It's turned out just to be a huge blessing as far as he's concerned. And that's when you get into it a little bit further and you realize that those things that happened to you, just like Joseph, when he looked at his brothers, after those, those are the same guys that threw him in the pit. And you remember the story with Joseph and all of a sudden he's standing before him and he, he, he says, it's me, Joseph. 
They've come to find food. There's a famine in the land. They, they've now, and he tells them, hey, what you meant for evil, God turned it for good. It was to spare their whole family. They meant it for evil, but God was able to turn it for good. That's the kind of suffering that sometimes we just need to embrace and see a little more clearly. So as we get started, I want to give you just a little bit of a backdrop into the heart of Paul. We will never see him more clearly than in 2 Corinthians, his heart. He is very open as he shares from his heart the things that are going on. He really pours himself out in this particular uh, little letter that we get. Paul here, as he starts in in verse 1 of chapter 1, an apostle of Jesus Christ. So he clearly identifies himself, and this is the way they uh, wrote their letters in their time period, their culture. They would write their letter first with an identification of who they are and kind of the the premise of what they're going to be talking about or to who it's written, to whom it's written. So Paul says, an apostle, one sent out. And he's sent out by Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ. He's, a, he's got a message from, from God. And this is, he's sent out of Jesus Christ by the will of God. He's not saying, I'm self-appointed to go do what I'm doing. Man, that's a great thing today to note. He's appointed by the Lord to do what he's doing. He's somebody sent out under the power and the authority of God. It's important, I think, for you and I to know, let's bring this to where we live. When you go and you talk with somebody and you share the gospel with somebody that God has purposed that day, that time, that situation for you to say those things to that person. That you've been sent by the Lord and it's the will of God. You know, you could be in the worst of circumstances, but if you're in the will of God, everything's good. Even in the worst of scenarios, but if you're in the will of God, it's good. There's a peace that's there. There's a sense of God's presence and his love. Paul says he's an apostle of Jesus Christ, and he's not by his own will, not by anybody. Nobody uh, sent him, but it's God that sent him. It was the will of God and Timothy, our brother. You know, when he writes to Timothy, he calls him something different, doesn't he? He calls him a, a son. In this situation, he shows total equality, doesn't he? He says he's a brother of mine and yours. Paul had a great way of doing that, didn't he? Of just kind of engaging in a right way in the right situation. So when he writes to Timothy and he's talking to him, he says, man, true son, you're a a true son in the faith. You know, he refers to him in that way. Here he tells him, no, no, he's he's a a brother. He's a co-laborer with me, equal to me. And he says, I'm writing here to the church of God, which is at Corinth with all the saints who are in Achaia. Grace to you. And peace. So this wasn't just for the Corinthians. This is for a regional area. This, this letter being written and, and composed and sent off is for others to read too. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. When you know, we, Paul, this is a common greeting for him especially. And you know the importance of God's grace and peace. Obviously, I love the way it's written both culturally and in this situation that, man, you can't know the peace without knowing the grace. And it's a good thing to remember for all of us. You can't know the peace of God until you know the grace of God in your heart. Now he gets into, starts getting into kind of the body of of this. And remember, he's left Ephesus and it's been a bad situation. Kind of run out of town a little bit. And if you've been run out of town before, I doubt it, not too many of us. 
especially for the gospel. I don't think too many of us have been run out of any town. Man, isn't that radical? Can you imagine? Fearful of your life and kind of run out of town. Well, this happened to Paul regularly, but this was a tough situation. He'd been there a long time, he, 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 but it was time to move on, and they kind of encouraged him to, to take off. He says in verse three, blessed be, or praise be, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Would you take your pen and would you circle at the latter part of verse three, all? Circle it. And then right below it, you'll see in verse four, who comforts us in, again, all. And you guys know the Greek well enough to know that all in the Greek means right, exactly. It's always the same. All means all. That's a total encompassing word, isn't it? Not some of, not partially, not maybe. Now, in order for him to say that confidently, really confidently, you have to go through some things sometimes in order to be confident of that statement. You know, the father of mercies, he starts off with the father of mercies. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Kind of similar, but different. So we deserve hell. That's what all of humanity deserves. God gives us his mercy in his son, Jesus Christ. We deserve help, but he gives us his mercy instead. He doesn't give us what we deserve, but is merciful toward us. Oh, I'm so thankful for God's mercy. How many of you pray for judgment for yourself? I don't. <laughs> you know, I don't pray for judgment for me. You, you get what I'm saying? You know, what do you pray? You pray? Oh God, would you be merciful upon me? Don't give me what I deserve. I know that was a foolish thing or a bad, dumb statement or whatever it might be. God is merciful. So the identification is, is that we're, we're interacting with a God that's not up there with this baseball bat ready to bam, clock you right in the head because you did something lame or dumb or, or, or whatever. God's not up there just ready to beat you over the head about something. He's merciful toward us. And he's a God of all comfort. I love the fact that he understands and can comfort all situations, not just some of, not partial. So that includes your circumstance. That includes my circumstance. Whatever that situation might be, God can comfort you. God can meet you right where you're at. Whatever the trouble is, whatever the circumstance might be. Now, this leads to a thought when we talk about comfort because everybody needs to be comforted. Everybody needs to be comforted. It's an innate thing within us. You know, the little kid trips and falls, scrapes themselves. Man, they run for the house. Where's mama? <laughs> I, need a, I need mama. I need mama. You know, I need mama. I need mama. You know, they, it's, just, it's just an automatic reaction. They want comfort. And what's funny sometimes is, is, is when they're real tiny, a lot of times, all they need is the hug, the kiss on the boo-boo, and off you go. There's no more need even past that because they were comforted. 
You see, what happens is we get older, we kind of build up this thing like we don't need that anymore. But, but that's not really true. We need love, and we need to be comforted. I think of the things that sometimes you, you end up missing when a family member, you know, has gone to be with the Lord, for example, has, has left this earth. And one of the things that you can kind of miss, I remember staring, you know, after every, I had to deal with some of the paperwork for my dad, you know, when he passed, because I was the executor of the, his stuff. So I had to deal with all that. So I was kind of in a businessy mentality, you know, I, I tried, not, 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 not insensitive, don't misunderstand this, but I just had some stuff to do. So I was a little bit distracted. But then after that, I went in and I spent, I asked everybody, I said, hey, look, just give me a couple minutes. I just want to spend a moment, you know. And for me, it was just looking at my dad's hands. Those are the hands that, you know, provided for me. Those are the hands that, you know, I worked with in the garage. My dad taught me how important it was to have a good handshake. You know, just it's funny stuff, what, you, what trips the trigger, but there was comfort in all of that, you know? And I, I think we forget that even as we get a little older, we need to be comforted. The idea, though, is, is in receiving that comfort, where do we go to get that comfort as we get older? See, if we misappropriate that, we'll throw ourselves in the arms of the wrong person. We will seek comfort in a wrong way, and there won't be fulfillment in that. And we need comfort. I need comfort. You need comfort. It's, it's part of our design. God made us this way. But there's certain places that only God can touch. Isn't that radical? There's certain places in your life and my life and all of our lives as human beings that only God can touch you and only can touch me in those certain places. And God wants to do that. He wants to love on you. He wants to, to comfort those things. But the thing is, is where do you go? See, when we're little, we, we knew. We'd, we'd run to head for the house, man. I, I know what I need. I gotta find mom, you know? Now, I know when they get a little bit older and they start driving, they oftentimes bypass that call and dads get the call. Now, the first thing, dad, ask if they're okay. Would you do that? Just ask if they're okay. There'll be plenty of time later to school them on everything, but make sure you know they're okay. Make sure they know that their well-being is the priority. Would you? Because believe me, I know. Believe me, I've gotten plenty of those calls. Three boys, I got plenty of those calls. But you you get the idea on this. There's a need for comfort, isn't there? We need that comfort. Now, men, I understand that we believe that that's a sign of weakness. I disagree, but we believe that because our society teaches that that's a sign of weakness. But it's not true. We all need comfort. It's true. It's a reality. And I think when you look at this and you see Paul writing this and saying that there's a God of all comforts. There's a God that can comfort, that can meet you right where you're at. Right what you're troubled with, right in your situation, whatever that might be. Now, the thing is, is where do we go as we get a little bit older? Some of us have gone to a lot of different places to find comfort. I'll tell you something, if you'll turn with me just real quickly to Acts chapter 4. Just go back to Acts chapter 4, just for a second. I believe it's verse 23. Now, this is after... um, Peter and John had, uh, God had moved through them to heal a guy. They're brought before the the leaders, the Sanhedrin and and the religious leaders. This is after 
Jesus had been crucified. There had been the resurrection. The Holy Spirit had come upon them. And now God was moving through them in a very supernatural, wonderful, dynamic way. Awesome. And there's been this healing. Now they're brought before uh, and kind of punishment takes place, you know, by the religious leaders. Of course, they tell them that they're not supposed to say anything about don't speak the name of Jesus or teach in his name anymore. And they're like, yeah, whatever. They obviously aren't going to agree to that. They just say, well, you decide whether it's right that we listen to God or you. You know, they're going to listen to God. But if you look at verse 23, after this event, they've been kind of beaten, you know, and, and so on and sent on their way to get out of here, you know, kind of a thing. They're hurting. They need to be comforted, right? But where do they go? This is important. This is very important. Where do they go? And being let go in verse 23 of chapter four of Acts, they went to their own companions. They went to their own and they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And so when they had heard that, all of what, what had happened, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. And they went right to God with it. This is the thing. As believers, it's important that we go to the right place. We go to God, we go to other believers, because that is where we're gonna find comfort. We don't find comfort, you see. We don't find comfort when we're going to the world. This gets really important. When I was in the world, I went to the, went to the tavern, went to the bar. I went to, you know, go party with all my friends. I, I just, I, I went to my own, right? I went to be with the people that I would normally be with and I just go party and stuff. Now, I'm thinking because I've got problems, I've got issues, I've got stuff going on, and so I go out partying. Now, I end up just as empty when I wake up. Doesn't matter who I've been hanging out with or what's been going on, I'm empty. It doesn't really comfort the way we need to be comforted. This is what's significant. It doesn't comfort the way you and I need, we're designed to be comforted. Where do you go? Do you get lost in some novel reading? Do you just call some friend that you think, well, certainly they will agree with me? Where do you go? Man, we're to go to the Lord, we're to go to God's people, we're to find comfort where we can truly get comfort. That's what's so important. Now, you and I can find comfort in the person of Jesus Christ, the God, the Father of all mercies, and the God of all comfort. Hi, this is Pastor Jim. I know a lot of times as we listen to the Word, sometimes we really get convicted by God's Word. And you know, there's those times where we really need to repent and give our lives over to the Lord. The Bible, it says, for the wages of sin is death. You know, death is something, this, this destructive force, and it's this thing that, you know, our, our bodies are in this slow decay process. And, and, you know, ultimately, we all are going to have a physical death, but spiritually, you don't have to die. We would die in our sin if not for the gift of God, and that's eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we want to receive that gift. We don't want to be paid the wages of our sin. We want to have everlasting life. And so you can pray this simple prayer of faith. 
If you've been you know, listening and just hearing and just knowing that, man, God's tugging on your heart and you just know that there's something more to this life. Well, God wants to make himself real to you, just like he's done in my life as I was once troubled and struggling and distant from God, partying, trying to drown all my all my sorrows as it were. But, but the, you know, the Lord is there and he loves you and wants to meet you right where you're at. Just pray this simple prayer along with me. It doesn't matter whether you're driving or out on a walk, just with your earbuds in, just in, in a place where you can listen on your computer, wherever you might be. If you're listening to this right now, you can pray this simple prayer and have everlasting life. Jesus, I want to ask that you'd forgive me of all my sin. I want to ask that you would come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. I give my life to you. I don't want the wages of sin, which is death, but I want the gift of God, eternal life in Christ Jesus, my Lord now. I'm thankful, Lord, for your forgiveness, and I just ask that, Lord, as I start this new life, you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit, that my life might please you and bring you glory. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, the service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains. Jesus, come.